sandwiches, ice cream, coffee and snacks, and many other pleasing treats. Our foods are fresh and tasty, our drinks satisfying and refreshing. They're so good. Welcome to Average Joe's Drive-In. And now, on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 118 of Average Joe's Drive-In. I am your host, TJ Washburn, and with me once again for the horror is Dan. Hello, folks. <laughs> uh Hope you guys have been watching a shitload of awesome horror this month. I know I have, and I've watched a lot of stuff I have never seen, and I really, for the most part, haven't hit any flat-out, like, duds yet. <laughs> I've had a few that were, eh, you know, kind of mm-hmm. so-so, but... Oh, I've hit a dud, but I knew it was coming. I mean, you're bound to sooner or later. I yeah. mean, I've, I don't think I've ever gone through a horror-thon... Without at least a handful of shitty movies, yeah, which which is scaring me, because the next the last few days I plan on that I'm gonna be watching stuff. It's pretty much all stuff I've never seen, and I'm mm. like, man, I'm I hope I'm not in for one of those like four really shitty movies right in a row type thing. Yeah, there's there's one on my list that I I remember thinking it sucked when it first came out, and I hadn't watched it, and you know the twenty years since, so I was like. I've got to give that another try. See if it's bad as I remember. And I think it might have actually been worse. Oh wow! Than yeah. I remember. So yeah, there's one that's just like you'll you'll know what it is as soon as I say it. So it, it will not be a surprise to anyone who's ever seen this movie. Right. It's not going to be like one of those where people are like really Dan, yeah this you will don't not, like that movie. This will not be a hot take where I'm like man Return of the Living Dead sucks. No, this one it's pretty consistent <laughs> that everyone hates this uh, well movie. i mean let's let's kick it off i think we kicked it off with you last time so let's kick kick it off with you this all time. right let me bring up my uh letterbox here and uh we start start off on the 14th um where i hadn't seen this one in a long ass time i, I really enjoyed it when it came out but this is one of those that's like a really good horror movie to show people that don't necessarily care for horror movies. Right. Or might be a, like a young introduction to horror movies. You know? um, I had one of those that I watched. <laughs> yes, this was uh, Walt Disney's film, Arachnophobia. Which I love that movie. Yes. John Goodman is so good. <laughs> John Goodman's great in it. Uh, Jeff Daniels. This is Jeff Daniels, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Jeff Daniels yeah. plays the dad. Yeah, he yeah. he's great in it. The... Uh, the effects work is really great. Uh, neat little bit of trivia I, I learned while watching this. Um, Jamie Heineman from Mythbusters created most of the movable spiders for this film. Nice. I knew he was an effects guy yeah. because I, I've, I've, I saw a movie not too long ago that he actually just mm-hmm. recently did effects on. Because I was like, oh, I was like, I knew he did effects, but mm-hmm. I thought he was, like, retired from that. But the, apparently no, this, they, this is one that he did, and uh, the effects are great in this film. Um, you know, it's a mixture of robotic spiders, live spiders, yeah. probably some spider puppetry in there from time to it time. It definitely but... was not CG. No, <laughs> no, it was not CG. Because that was what, like, 1990? 1990, yeah. I was going to say 1991, yeah. Uh, but it, it, just, it holds up really well. It's a great medium type scare jumpy film you know that's a good one to remember because cassie and i are always talking about like stuff we can show autumn Mm -hmm. that's not gonna like traumatize her like i'm not gonna throw cannibal holocaust in or anything no i would not recommend that one but you know serbian film (laughs) uh, you know we were but we were you know we're always trying to figure out like stuff and 
I always, it's one of those things, like, when you're in the moment trying to remember stuff, you never can. Yeah. And then, but I was thinking, like, we were talking about, we were gonna watch, uh, we were gonna watch Critters with her. Mm -hmm. We were like, she just turned 10. We were like, Critters is, eh, might be a bit much, but it's not really super, super I, gory. I, I wouldn't say Ghoulies, too, the Ghoulies films. No, that's true, too, yeah. The Especially Ghoulies, too. <laughs> yeah. So we were trying to say, but I, so I was thinking of like that one, and then, but I'll have to remember arachnophobia because I'm sure that would be one that's like kind of that perfect middle of the road yeah. <laughs> type thing. Yeah, it's not it's a, it's not schlocky. It's a well done film that just kind of goes for those nice medium level scares and you know, spiders. Spiders, right? Spiders <laughs> gross, uh, the next one I watched was the 1996 film, uh, the one that just kind of. Jump started hot topic kids everywhere. The craft, <laughs> the craft, uh, holds up still very well. Uh, good casting, good, uh, what's her name there? Um, Nev Campbell in an early role. Uh, I completely forgot that Ski Ulrich was also in this. He played yet another asshole boyfriend. I have not seen the craft since the 90s, yeah. and I remember. Jack diddly shit about it. Holds up very well. Uh, Feruza Balk, always terrifying. Uh, other than I was right in love with Feruza Balk. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> uh, she, she's also very good in this. And um, uh, Rachel uh, Talay, I believe is her name. Rachel True. Um, and I'm for Robin Tunney. Robin Tunney was the other the girl in the group. Um, just good little high school, you know, witch, witchcrafty flick. Um, and keeping with that high school theme, we've got I Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh, this one did not hold up as well as I thought. No. Uh, I gave it three stars, which is <clears throat> pretty middling of the middle of the road for me. Um, I remember that's always been one that I've yeah. been a little... It's, I haven't seen it in a really, really the, long time anyway. There's fun but... stuff in it, but my God, A, Freddie Prince Jr. cannot act to save his life in this film. <laughs> I mean, he's not a great actor to begin with. I remember, with, for but... some reason, like, I, again, that's another one I remember bits and pieces, but not a ton about, because I only saw it mm -hmm. a few times. The, the one thing that I remembered about personally, I thought the characters were ultra annoying in Oh, movie. none of them are likable. They're not yeah. likable characters. Uh, and, I mean, that, that's part of it, especially, like, uh, the Ryan Phillippe character. He's supposed to be an asshole, but... Jesus, they he over he overacts everything. Yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. just looks stupid the entire time he's on screen. <laughs> the only character that actually had some depth to him was uh, Johnny Galecki's character, who was killed off way too early. Right, he would have made a great red herring for most of the film. Uh, yeah, just it's a teen slash middle of the road flick. Um, yeah, not particularly great. Um, as far as like the '90s staples of those teen flicks, it's probably one of the worst ones, honestly. Yeah. I, um, like I haven't seen any of those, like Urban Legend, Scream. Urban Legend holds up. And I was gonna say, I I kind of remember, kind of remember, out of those three, liking mm -hmm. Urban Legends the best out of it, because I've always had that weird hate relationship with Scream, as we've talked mm -hmm. about before on the show. Or I have talked about on the show before. I can't remember if you were here for that or not. But I just always, for some reason, man, I thought it was like a slap in, 
I know it's it's kind of a movie for horror fans and whatever, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I always felt like it was a slap in the face to horror fans, yeah. uh, you know, so it pissed me off, and I never really liked that series that much, <laughs> but it's one of those, now that I'm older, I keep telling myself, I was like, I need, because I've never, I saw, I've only seen a few of them, mm. I don't think I ever saw three, I think I just saw the first two. And uh, it's one of those series, like, I, I really should, I really, mm-hmm. like, need to just say to hell with it and watch all of them. Now have, like, a screen marathon and see if my opinion has changed now mm-hmm. that I'm a little older. And yeah. Not like, you're, you're fucking with my thing, man. Stop <laughs> it. I don't like that. Don't fuck with my thing. This is my thing. I'm a nerd. Don't fuck with the nerdy shit. And yeah, make don't it make cool. it cool, man. Don't make it cool. <laughs> don't put all the cool pretty kids in it. Um... Speaking of cool, pretty kid, kids, uh, we got Interview with a Vampire up oh. next, which still holds up really, really well. I loved Kirsten Dunst in that. Uh, she's, she's so, so goddamn good. good in that. And it's it's hard to believe that she was like 10 years old when that came out. And she holds her own with, oh, yeah. with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Yeah. I mean, uh, Tom Cruise also very good in it. Brad Pitt, not his best work, but he's he's not bad. No, and that's one of his earlier yeah. earlier films too, yeah. right? Um, yes. Uh, the one that always creeps me out in that film is actually um, Stephen Ray, the vampire, the Paris vampire, the, oh, yeah, the yeah, miney yeah. guy. Yeah. Every time he comes on, <laughs> he creeps me the hell out. I always forget that Antonio Banderas yes. is in that too. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pretty much until he shows up, and I'm like, oh yeah, Antonio Banderas is in this. But, yeah. yeah. Well, because it's so late in the movie when he mm-hmm. shows up that. But yeah, Stephen Ray and his gang of Parisian vampires that end up just fucking everybody up is so good. <laughs> That's another one, man. I have not watched that in probably mm-hmm. 10, 12 years since the last time I saw that one. I highly recommend it. <laughs> uh, another one that didn't hold up as well as I had remembered, uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, sadly. Really? Um, it's still enjoyable, but man, it just goes off the rails towards the end. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it feels, I mean, it, it's the start of kind of the meta-horror. Which right. gives us Kevin Williamson, essentially. Um, and it, there's some good ideas in it, but I don't think Wes really... Didn't was, feel like they were flashed out? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he fully invested himself in it. Yeah. it. It feels like there were some parts where I was like, okay, this could have been a little bit better. Um, still has that kid from Pet Cemetery in it, though, who's just a damn good little kid actor. Um but yeah, oh yeah, because he plays Heather Langenkamp, daughter. I mean, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he's quite good. But yeah, there are parts, especially with Freddy, where I'm just like, especially towards the end with the final battles, and Freddy's just stretching out and getting all rubberized again. And I'm yeah. like, Ugh, this is this is the part that people didn't like about Freddy, and you steered away from it for seventy five percent of the film, and then just fell right back into it for the yeah. last part. Um. Then, what do I have? Oh, Bride of Reanimator. Which I have not seen. It's it's a, it's a Brian Usna film. Um, uh, what's his name? Gordon Stewart did not direct this one, but he produced it. Was Bride the third one, or is Bride the second one? Second one. I Maybe I have seen it. <laughs> I can't fucking remember, dude. I'm... Oh. I mean, it's it's a it's exactly what you'd expect from a reanimator film with Brian Usner directing. It's fucking bonkers. I just ordered, especially the end. I just ordered the original on uh, Diabolic DVDs October sale. Mm-hmm. So the Arrow release, <laughs> the Arrow release of that is real. I've got the it the was Arrow releases dude. It was a lo- I think it was eleven bucks. Nice. I was Good like score. <laughs> yeah, they look beautiful. Um, 
Jeffrey Coombs at, at his demented best. Uh, yeah. Um, holds up most of the cast from the first one. Is Barbara Crampton in that no, one? No, oh, Barbara Crampton sadly is not in this one. <laughs> Um, there are, there's a new girl that will become the bride of the reanimator. Uh, uh, and speaking of Brian Usna, I did kind of like an in- unintentional double feature, but Return of the Living Dead 3. I was going to say Society? <laughs> Society I watched a few months ago. Man, Brian Usna is a really underrated director when it comes to the horror genre. I mean, he makes bonkers films. They're not necessarily scary as they are just and I have never and seen. Weird. I've never seen Society. I have seen clips from Society, <laughs> mainly the shunting scene. Oh, yeah. Which is just fucking disturbing. Oh, that's Brian Usna for him, man. He will put <laughs> body some horror. Weird he likes shit. body horror. He that, does. As evident of Return of the Living Dead 3. Yes. Uh, I mean, that complete that goes completely off the formula from the first two. Oh, yeah. Um, Other than the trioxin is like the, the, tri- the only thing that's. Well, I guess, yeah, I was listening to a documentary about yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, that's, that was like the one thing they're like, no, you have to put the trioxin in there. Yeah. And can you set it around Pittsburgh if possible? Right, <laughs> right, yeah. That's that's their thing. Uh, but it's a fun little teen horror film, you know? Yeah, see, I I absolutely love that movie when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. I probably watched that more than, than one and two growing up. I definitely and- watched it more than part two. I watched it more than both of both of them because the only time I ever really saw Return of the Living Dead was like on um, Monster Vision mm-hmm. or whatever like that, and I I never actually like rented it or anything, which was weird. But I I watched it a handful of times because it was on TBS quite fre- frequently on Monster Vision reruns or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but three come out. What year was it? 92? 90... Or 93? Hold on, let me scroll back to it. 93. 93. So it would have been my freshman year of high school. And back when I had the giant dish that randomly got free channels, I uh, I remember watching that just a shit ton, and I taped it and had it on VHS, so I watched it like mm-hmm. over and over and over. Because yeah. I, um, uh, what is her name, Mindy Clark, the, the lead... Is it Mindy Clark? Uh, it's I Mindy could, something. I couldn't tell you. It's Mi- I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> Melinda Clark. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's Mindy Co- Mindy Clark. Anyway, I just thought like she was the hottest thing ever at the time. She so was. Just, she was. No Gorgeous, life. gorgeous girl anyway. But I, uh, so I hadn't seen it in a long time and I bought the Vestron um, Blu-ray of it. And I remember watching it and being kind of disappointed. <laughs> like I was like, man, this did not hold up for me. <laughs> like... I remember this being way better when it was it looked really shitty, and mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I, I still. Had I mean, I didn't hate it by any <laughs> means, but it was yeah. like. Uh... <laughs> uh, next up is of to me a very underrated film from this director's ouvoir, but uh, John Carpenter's Vampires. I love that. Movie. I can't fucking stand James Woods as a human being, but damn, I like watching him in this movie. You ha- see, to me, like James Wood. Is is in that whole Tom like the Tom Cruise thing? I have to separate the actor from yep. the crazy, mm-hmm. um, you know. Because for a long time, I wouldn't watch movies with Tom Cruise in it because I could not separate the actor from the crazy. It's hard at times. So I mean, and there we all know there's there's a good. Well, I mean, there's a lot of people now in Hollywood, especially with. It's just like man, I is that guy's a scumbag, but man, it's a good movie, so. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's one of those those types of things. I've gotten better at that as I've gotten older mm-hmm. about being able to separate the yeah. movie from the. Now, if you were still casting him and stuff, that's <laughs> kind of different. But yeah. you know, depending yeah, on how we don't know how much of a dick bag he was in '99, really. He might have. He, he probably just, was, but we don't know for he sure. He might have had his Alex Jones moment and just oh, snapped, and you know, he's <laughs> wearing his tinfoil hat and lizard people. Yep. Uh, next up, um, one of my favorite films from this director, uh, Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. I love that movie. That I just film, rewatched it. Not it's too long just. Ago. It's it, it's much like uh, Francis Ford Coppola's who produced that, uh, but it's like his version of Dracula, where it's just. Art directed like a mother. Oh, it's gorgeous! Such, it a, is such gorgeous, a great, gorgeous film uh, with great sets, great costumes. Speaking of movies with cast. with problem actors in them, uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know Jeffrey Jones, Jeffrey Jones, <laughs> <laughs> and and honestly, possibly even the lead, <laughs> uh, Johnny Depp. He might have some issues, but yeah, um, Sleepy Hollow just great, like. All of the old guys in that film. Are, All these are awesome. old British actors are just awesome. old, yeah. awesome. Michael Goh, um, oh, Christ, the guy who played Emperor Palpatine. Uh, you know, there are oh, so many in yeah, there. Yeah. Ian McDermott. I, Ian Ian McDermott, I yeah. forgot he's in that, right? Yeah. He's the judge, right? Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, I think he was the judge, yeah. But yeah, there's just so many great old British actors in that film. And don't forget Casper Van Dien's in it. Which... Uh, <laughs> That was his shot, man. After Starship Troopers, this was like, hey, here's your shot. And he's fine in it. Yeah. But yeah, after that, I was like, I actually made that note while watching it. I'm like, was this Casper Van Dien's like, last mainstream film? One of them. Yeah. He He's one of those actors, dude. Like, I feel like... I feel like he got... But I don't know, like, he's a lot better actor than I thought he got credit for, and he mm. seems like a really nice guy and yeah. everything, and this is one of those, like, what, I mean, I know he did the Tarzan movie that just bombed. Oh, like, yeah, like I forgot about he that. Was, yeah, the, the- All Tarzan movies bomb. It's yeah, yeah. pretty much rule of thumb. But I was listening to a podcast, and he was talking about that, and it was like, he's, <laughs> he was like, that was one of, like, he'd read all the books, and mm-hmm. he was, like, super into it, and- oh. He was talking about some of the stuff on it, and I was just like, Man. the dude's super smart. He seems really like like a chill guy, and it's yeah, like- That's just got really me really thinking, though, because it's like uh, Greystoke, Legend of Tarzan, that film bombed. Yeah. Uh, the Disney Tarzan cartoon there's, is like they're one of their least successful been, cartoons. I think, what did he the, say? There the was... Alexander Sar- Skarsgård one from a few years ago. I forgot all about yeah, that one. Yeah, that bombed. Wow. People, you there, just can't make a good Tarzan. There's film, been something anymore. like 30-something Tarzan movies or something like yeah. crazy like that, too. But hmm. That's something for another day <laughs> to think about. All right. Phone keeps going. Oh, I, uh, yeah. All right. After Sleepy Hollow, we got. I had a nice little monster movie double feature from the same year, from 1997. Uh, I paired up The Relic and Mimic. Ooh, nice combination. Yeah. Um, both just very solid movies. They both come out the same year, right? Yeah, 1997. 1997. Yeah. Um, Mimic was uh, Guillermo del Toro, so it had a little bit more going for I think uh, we talked about that, about how Mere Surveyor yeah. was just a badass. Uh, and, yeah. But The Relic <laughs> just kind of went unnoticed. I remember actually going to the theater to see that at like, dollar night at the movies. And uh, it was just like, that's a really... Good That's another film. one. I don't even remember who was in that. Um, uh, 
Jesus. I always want to say Michael Madsen, but it's not Michael Madsen. It's um, <laughs> it's dollar store version Michael Madsen. Tom Sizemore. Tom S- Sizemore <laughs> okay, so um, other way around. But yeah, yeah. And uh, Penelope Ann Miller, who's just, to me, a very generic actress. I mean, this yeah, this one had pretty much... When time Tom Sizemore is your biggest name yeah. in the film, you're obviously not going for star power. No. But it's just, it, it's um, based on a book by um, Preston and Childs there. Um, Which I have the book. Yeah. Or I had the book somewhere. I don't think I still It was a bit it, but... too long for me because it was like a two hour film. 110 minutes. You yeah. probably could have nixed some of the few side plots in there and made it like a lean, mean 90 minutes and it would have been... Perfect. Yeah, I have. It drags a bit, but it's still I, I, a solid film. I have not seen that since like the VHS yeah, days. That's so I had. Neither. It's been a long time. I had not seen it either. <laughs> um, after that, we've got the Wes Craven gem, The People Under the Stairs, which I have never seen. Oh my goodness! No, and I know that's like one of those ones. Holy moly! Do DJ. you know? Do you know how many times I've had that in my hand and was going to buy it because everybody that seems to be like. For most people that I know that are Craven fans, like one of their favorite Craven films. Well, it's it's more humorous than most of his. Yeah, films. they it's, it's there's very, a weird humor to it, like a dark black comedy type oh, yeah. aspect to it. Yeah, yeah, but that's the one that I usually hear most of my friends that are Craven fans. That's like usually you know in the top three or four of his films that you probably like, not in my top three but still just highly enjoyable what would your top three i mean i mean oh, you're gonna say Hills all right rise, top three <laughs> west craven um oh god <laughs> you, you gotta go with uh nightmare on elm street yeah hmm oh god scream and probably the original Hills Have Eyes. Yeah. I feel like I'm missing something now, though. I'm, there's going to be something that jumps out at me. and I'm, Right. Like, how, how could you forget he did, that? He didn't do Last House on the Left, did he? Was he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, that was Craven, yeah. So I thought, but... I can never rem- I could never remember if he did that or not. That was... Because that was his first film, right? Last Other than on- porn, because he shot some porn back in the day. Apparently. All right, well, you know, number one was uh, Roller Skate Girls from Hell. Yeah, because <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like Swamp Thing, I like Serpent in the Rainbow. But I they forget would, but he they did Swamp make, Thing, But they too, wouldn't yeah. make my top three. Yeah. Um, he didn't have a huge filmography either. No, he only had like 20-something right? films. And, and, I mean, considering four of them are Scream, two of them are Nightmare on Elm Streets. Um, yeah, he... He had some that were not terribly well received, some lower level. I've always wanted to, sh- but yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably put after Serpent the Rainbow. I would probably then go with People Under the Stairs. People Under the Stairs because yeah. Shocker and Swamp Thing are. I love Shocker. <laughs> I love Shocker. It's it's a good film without a doubt, <laughs> starring Peter Berg <laughs> and Mitch Pileggi. That's right. Right, because he played uh, he played the guy that gets yeah, electrocuted. The, the yeah. shocker guy. I can't remember what his name Me was. Me either. <laughs> I just remember Peter Berg <laughs> from that. <laughs> That's another one I haven't seen in a really long time. All right. Next up after that, I've got the, the uh, Vinegar Syndrome release, Blood Games, which felt every bit a 70s exploitation film, but was released in 1990. It's the girl softball players that Oh, yeah, I remember you saying yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, Like, it's such a weird premise, because it's this bus full of 
young, uh, incredibly attractive women, all wearing skimpy, like, shorts and t-shirts, playing a bunch of hillbillies at baseball. Um, the, it doesn't seem like the director ever watched a game of baseball, because from, like, there's a part of the beginning where they're playing the game, and I'm just like, I can't figure out who's doing what. Like, right? <laughs> I can't tell you who's playing what position, or... Even who's on base at any given time, because it's just really strangely shot. Yeah. Uh, so for the sports part of it, that was terrible. <laughs> uh, but then it essentially turns into deliverance. Oh, wow. You know, with the... One of the guys tries to rape one of the girls. He gets murdered. Then that guy's dad, who is the big money man in the small town, sends, uh, puts bounties on the girls, and all the hillbillies go to try to kill the girls. As it tends to go in those types of movies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, part of me is just like, what kind of... Because the, the girls have a coach who sets these games up for big money. And I'm like, who who brings a... Not to sound sexist or misogynist or anything, but... Who brings a busload of girls to this fucking hillbilly town where all the guys are obviously drunken rapists? Like, they just, you look at them and you're like, yep, that dude's a drunken rapist. And, yeah, let's play this game. You're being hillbillyist. And um, I am Dan. being very hillbillyist. <laughs> and then, like, the girls, after humiliating the guys by kicking their ass, stop and take a shower. Well, you gotta and have that, a shower scene. It's, oh, and it's very boobies everywhere. <laughs> but I'm just like, these girls were, basically, the guys were trying to molest them throughout the game. Right. Like, grabbing ass and boobs every time they ran by him. And I'm like, and after humiliating them, you take the time to take a shower in this town before getting on the bus and getting the fuck out. <laughs> you don't just get on... All right. I think you would tend to just get on the As bus. As a dude, and... <laughs> I'm getting the fuck out of this town <laughs> right. if my team had beat this team. I'd be like, no, I'm fucking getting out of here because one of these guys is going to try to murder us. As you're hearing dueling banjos starting <gasps> up in the background, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but for what it was, I mean, it was a fun exploitation film. Exactly what you expect. Some creative kills. The yeah. girls were kind of badass at times. You know, you sit there, take bets which ones are making it out, which ones aren't. Um, then, and this surprised the hell out of me, I watched the only Friday the 13th film to come out during the 90s. Which was... Jason Goes to Hell. Jason Goes to Hell, yeah. The only one. That blew my fucking mind. That come out 2005? No, uh, 1993. I mean, that's what yeah. I, that's what I meant. Yeah. I meant to say yeah, 95. Yeah, because after that, Jason <laughs> X didn't come out forever. No, that was our, our 2001, I yeah. think. Yeah, because yeah. I remember going to see, I remember going to see Jason X in the theater because at that point, that was the only Friday the 13th movie I had ever seen in the theater. Yeah. Because I basically wasn't really old enough to even go to the theater to yeah. see any of those when the majority of them came out. <laughs> it, just, it, it absolutely stunned me, though, because I mean, that film put cranked out seven of them in the 80s. And it was, yeah, but they put out, if you look at that timeline, it was basically one a year from yep. like 81 to 88, 89. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There might have been one. I think there was like one year where there was like a year gap. Yep. Oh, which, <laughs> by the way, Scream Factory has delivered me my oh, nice. 13th part two. Uh, so that makes me very happy. Um, I won't curse them out this episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's another one that just goes off the rails. I mean if you if that wasn't a Jason film, it would probably be pretty good. But it's a Jason it, film without Jason. It loses something when all these cool creative kills 
are being perpetrated by a normal looking dude. Right. Or woman or whoever it is is possessed, is possessed by possessed the Jason the spirit time. at that yeah. time. Yeah. Um not having Jason in it hurts it drastically. Really? Yeah, because again, one I haven't seen in a few years, but he's essentially in the first ten minutes. Yeah. And that's it. Which man, what a what a great fake out for the beginning of the film. Oh, that's great. That beginning kicks. Where you so find much out ass. that that beginning thing is a staying by the government to kill Jason and it works. I'm like, holy shit, that's Oh yeah, I always thought that opening was badass, yeah. yeah. But then you followed it up with a bunch of like it turns into essentially the movie Fallen, where the <laughs> it just goes from person to person to person and I'm yeah. like, it's it's not as interesting. My me. whole thing with that was is like uh I remember when I watched it for the first time it was like, oh, that beginning was so badass. And I, I remember kind of, I kept waiting because I'm like, eventually Jason's going to come back, yep. you know, at, at, with all the possession stuff. And then it just kind of kept going and kept going. And then you get that iconic ending, which mm-hmm. sparked the whole Freddy versus Jason thing. Which Spoilers, took like another 15 him. years or so before that actually yeah, happened. Yeah, it, but it's, uh, but it was one of those things. I remember like the first time I watched it, I remember hating that movie because of that. Yeah, It's like, I want to see Jason. Where's Jason? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the feeling I had watching it. Uh, then I watched um, one that I was very curious to see. The Sect. The um, Salavi, or however you pronounce his name. Sauve. Sauve. <laughs> uh, not as good as Cemetery Man. Um, some r- really interesting parts followed by some really dull parts followed by some really interesting parts <laughs> yeah <laughs> followed by some dull parts it doesn't maintain the manic energy like that cemetery man did now um, see y- yeah i was going to say in the church is very much like that too where it's just frantic yeah it's got that great just frantic energy there's there's some lulls but it never really lets up because it's just so all over the place and so bonkers and this also is all over the place and bonkers but there are some moments where i'm just i I caught myself like looking at my phone and i'm like this shouldn't be happening with this guy (laughs) no um so definitely his weakest of the three yeah um i gave it like a two and a half stars worth a watch don't know how often i'll be going back to it and that's and going back and rewatching stage fright Mm mm-hmm See, I hated Stage Fright when I first watched it. Mm-hmm. When I rewatched it a couple of years ago, I was like, I really like this movie. I don't know why I didn't like it the first time mm-hmm. I saw it, but I was like, this is cool, man. I really like this. There's, there's, but kind of like the sack, like you're talking about, there were some real just dull kind of moments in that mm-hmm. one too. And I think I, because I watched Stage Fright, after I had seen the church and cemetery, man, I was so mm. used to that that I think maybe it. Yeah. But having that time in between made me appreciate it more. Yeah. I still think it's one of his weaker of, you know, the yeah. three. But I mean, well, it's hard to judge anything up against Cemetery Man, which is just awesome. It's just <laughs> such a brilliant, weird ass movie. But yeah. Uh, then I moved on to Disturbing Behavior, um, which falls probably a little bit, a little bit above. I know what you did last summer. Um, I don't know if I remember. This it's such one. an. I mean, it's such a. It's James Marsden moves to a new town in like somewhere in the Seattle, Washington area, and it's um basically the Stepford Wives okay. of the high school crowd. It's not the one. There's I'm the of, the though. blue ribbon kids who are all basically former drug addicts and shit, which get taken away by this doctor, 
and turned into essentially pod people who are, you know, straight and narrow. And his little cast and crew start to slowly get turned over to that, and he has to fight against it. And him and uh, Katie Holmes, who was not good (laughs) in this film... Um, especially considering she was playing like a badass outcast. See, it's I, like you, that's Katie Holmes. Am I thinking of the fact yeah. uh, the faculty was the one where they all end up like the teachers are aliens? Yes, right? that's the fact which I actually watched right before coming over. Okay, <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want a girl cast as a badass, cast Clea Duvall, not Katie Holmes. <laughs> right? Katie Holmes was not believable. Um, but yeah, just over a fun film. Uh, then I followed it up with Richard Stanley's Hardware, which all bonkers ass movie. Dude, another one I have not seen since the giant satellite dish days. Uh-huh. Still, still good. Still, it's got that. Nuts. It's got that crazy like friggin' industrial music soundtrack. Oh, yeah, and shit. it's gotten uh, Ministry. Yeah, and Motorhead. I think that and... was. I remember. I think that movie was the first time I ever heard Ministry. Yeah. <laughs> so, which is weird though, because Ministry plays over a Guar video, because it's Guar on the TV, but it's playing Jesus Built My Hot Rod, and that's the scene where she's smoking the Captain Black joints or whatever yeah. the hell they are. And the, yeah, yeah. That's the old. I, oddly enough, that's about the only thing I remember about that mm. is her buying a. Like a cigarette pack of joints that were called Captain Blacks. And I literally have not seen this movie since it probably came out. Well, now that weed's legal everywhere, I'm sure we'll see him on the stands. Captain Blacks. Of- Captain Blacks. Right. Yeah, we'll see it out there. <laughs> and I remember the, the, the Terminator-looking robot thing yeah. kind of piecing itself together. The death to- machine. Yeah, the yeah. death machine. But- and then kills everybody in its wake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- then um, I watched this as part of uh, Joe Bob's uh, Hall- like Halloween thing he did last week. I'd never seen this movie, and I'm kind of pissed at myself because it's only a year old. Haunt. The Art of the Scare? Is no, no, no. This is a uh, fictional haunt. It's it's the same type of thing where it's a bunch of teenagers are out looking to go into a haunted house and come across one out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And... Highly recommend was that the this one film. that did you see the picture that Justin Ham yeah was yeah. that the one that's the one that's okay yeah uh I yeah I am stunned how good that movie was really uh ri- written by the same two guys who uh <laughs> wrote and dur- who wrote um A Quiet Place oh nice which uh, that's a bit. <laughs> yeah uh but it, 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 I won't give too much away but it's exactly what you you would expect from a bunch of teenagers like early college kids go to a haunt. Picking one that looks really fucking creepy. Uh, reminds me a lot of uh, Houses October Built. I still have not uh, seen just, that. This, yet, this yeah. one's a little more vicious. Yeah. Uh, but high, I also watched a movie with a similar premise that we'll get to when I <laughs> review movies. Uh, <laughs> then I did myself a nice little double feature last Sunday with uh, Phantasm 3 and 4. Oh, nice. Which, um, I love the Phantasm series. I really do. Angus Scrim is so creepy. Yeah, and that guy just made a career out of just being tall and creepy, and everyone's all going, "Boy!" Even though in part four you do get a little bit of his past, so he yeah. does he does have a chance to actually act. Uh, but I like that. Um, I mean, Reggie's still there, but uh, Mike is played by the original Mike again after the studio interference fiasco of part two. Where they made him cast James LaGrosse as Mike. See, I've never seen any of the Phantasm movies after two. I oh. think it was the only one I've, I've... One and two are the only ones I've ever seen. Uh, I, two is good. Uh, two, 
the show Supernatural, if you tell me that that guy who created the show Supernatural is not a big fan of Phantasm 2, I will say bullshit. Because <laughs> that movie is a... <laughs> Supernatural is essentially See, Phantasm was one of those movies that I came into really, really late in the yeah. game. Like, I never watched them when I was younger. You know, I was in my... Like, late 20s. I saw I Phantasm when I was young and didn't understand a single bit of it. Yeah. Because, and again, it even now that I'm my age, they don't make the most sense, and the director, writer, creator guy is fucking okay with that. Yeah. Uh, especially, the first one is very dream logic well, almost. Well, the, the first one reminded me a lot of, like, Italian cinema. Like, <laughs> yeah. some of the, the giallos and just the, the crazy bonkers Italian stuff. Mm-hmm. Because it, it does. It has that Argento. It's basically, uh, yeah, it's almost like a, a nightmare, I guess, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's dream logic. <laughs> but that's what that reminded me of. And I watched the first two because I had a... I forgot a film that I just watched the other day. I had a DVD, I think, that had one and two on it. It was like a double feature type thing. But, yeah, I've never seen any of them. I have them all on my queue on, uh, have them all on my queue on Shudder, though. <laughs> so, again, I, I need to go, uh, I need to go watch those, you know, at some point. Again, my backlog of movies is just ridiculous. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mary, fuck. Just added in one I'd forgotten about. Um, let me go back to my diary here. Odd happens. I, I do that occasionally. I forget. Um, <laughs> then I watched uh, Tales from the Crypt Bordello of Blood. Nice. Um, eh. Demon Knight's way better. Demon Knight is so much better. <laughs> so much better. Um, but it was my blood-sucking Sunday, so I watched the vampire one. And I'd, I'd watched Demon Knight m- more closely, but again, it's 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 the James Woods thing. I think Dennis Miller is an insane asshole. Yeah. And this is a picture, and again, I, I read a bunch of the trivia on it. Apparently, he was an asshole to everybody on set. And it's like, fuck you, Dennis Miller. You're not that cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, uh, apparently, he did a lot of ad-libbing on set, which led to some script issues. Because then people were like... I can't now say my line that I had to say. Because it doesn't sense. line up. It makes and no parts sense. of that are still in the movie. So it's like, yeah, yeah he, he basically sabotaged a film for his own fucking ego. Um, there's still some fun stuff in it. Um, yeah. Why they gave Angie Everhart the role of the lead vampire, I'll never fucking understand. Oh, let's give this supermodel who's never acted the lead. Didn't work out. <laughs> no. I mean, I don't tear. I, I mean, I don't hate that movie, but it's definitely not even in the same ballpark as Demon Knight. No, no, not even close. Not even close to most of the original episodes. No. Um, <laughs> uh, then uh, one of my favorite '90s flicks, Nightbreed. Nice. Uh, the director's cut, specifically. Um, it kills me that that film did not become a, a series of films. Uh, there's just. So much imagination on that screen all the time with all the monsters and the myths and legends behind Midian. I'm like, I, I want to know more. I want to see more. Yeah. <clears throat> but we don't get more. Um, we did, however, get David Cronenberg as one of the creepiest fucking serial killers of all time. <laughs> uh, as Decker with that fucking great mask. <laughs> I need to rewatch that, man. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. Uh 
and I love the book. The book was great. Kamal. Yeah. Uh, was great. But the... <clears throat> have you ever seen Digging Up the Marrow? Oh, yeah. I was just thinking that that to me, like I haven't seen Nightbreed in a long time, but that kind of to me had a very similar vibe. It was just a little more lighthearted than (laughs) also a film, though, I wanted more of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The only thing I hated about digging up the marrow was casting Ray Wise. He's great. I love Ray Wise. But it takes me out of believing that it's a. Yeah. I mean, it's (laughs) it's one of those pseudo documentaries where I'm like, no, that's fucking Ray Wise, man. If you had cast any unknown. Right. I would have been like, this has a cool Blair Witch vibe to it, you know? It's, yeah. It's believable. But no, as soon as I see Ray Wise on screen, I'm like, that's... I still had fun. Dude, like, that's I, I, Palmer. I still, <laughs> I still really liked it, but oh, yeah. Oh, I did too. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, again, I'd, I'd love to see a sequel to that. Um, now for the film that is by far the worst thing I've seen. <laughs> um, this year, probably. It's up there with Cats with how bad it is. <laughs> oh, wow. Um... <laughs> Ben Affleck is not the bomb in Phantoms, yo. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> that film's a fucking mess. So boring. Um, just, Dude, honestly, has there ever been a good Dean Koontz adaption? Probably not. Uh, which is shit because he wrote this one. He's right. the screenwriter. Um, but man, it's just stilted and dull. And it's like they had to like somehow get fucking Peter O'Toole in there to give it some sort of credibility. Right. Um, but yeah, I was just so bored watching this. It's like, the, it has nothing original. It's a, essentially a, a thing like the thing, an ancient evil instead of an alien, but it's lurking underneath this, this Colorado town and it's... So it's the blob yeah. meets the thing. Yeah. But it can't always maintain what it actually is. Like in other scenes, it's a there's like big creatures like out of the mist, almost like flying weird things. But I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Other times, it's um taking over the bodies of people. It just tries to be everything, and it ends up being absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, then the one that I had forgotten about that I just put on, uh, Clint Howard's Ice Cream Man. <laughs> nice. Stupid, goofy fun. Yeah. I mean... Again, like we were talking about, never seen it, but I remember that cover yeah. so vividly. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's interesting, because the leads are all kids. You know? Uh, it's it's exactly what you think. There's an ice cream man killing people, and nobody believes the kids, and, you know, there's some schlocky, gruesome stuff. Um, I got pissed, because after I watched the movie on Vinegar Syndrome, I went to check the, base, the, the special features, and the Joe Bob episode of Monster Vision is a special feature on that. Oh, desk. nice. And I'm like, damn it, I could have watched the movie the, as the Monster the, the Vision The Monster special. Vision version, yeah. But uh, I'll go back and do that at some point. Yeah, yeah. But I, it's it's a fun movie. It's nothing, no high-powered brain to it at all. But it's, it's Sometimes it's you need those movies, though. Yeah, exactly. I don't, you know. I dumb fun. I don't, yeah, I was going to say, I don't every need everything I watch. To have a really deep meaning to yeah. it, as long as it entertains me, I don't care. And, and yeah, and after after Phantoms, I wanted something that I could just have some fun. Sometimes with. you need those to cleanse your palate. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And it was it was a great palate cleanser. I mean, Clint Howard is 
absolutely insane in this film. Um, <laughs> Olivia Hussey, who most people know is Juliet in the Romeo and Juliet version we all had to watch in high school, is in it. Also in Black Christmas. Also in Black Christmas. So yeah, it's, it's weird <laughs> to see her show up in this. It doesn't look like she had aged at all, even though she's playing an old woman. Um, I'm like, she still looks pretty damn young in this. Uh, but who else is in it? Oh, Christ, I can't remember. Uh, well, I'm on the page here. Let me just go to... Um, Jan Michael Vincent and David Naughton are also in this. Random! Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, neither of them giving, like, huge roles. Um, but they're there. Jan so, Michael Vincent is especially just kind of there. Well, I think he's just kind of there in pretty much everything he's uh-huh. in. Uh, David Nod, though, was that before or after American Werewolf? Well after, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, then one that you had watched recently, I uh, watched v- VFW. Nice. And, you know, it's a geriatric assault on Precinct 13 with drug addicts, but, man. It's fun. It was fun. <laughs> it was real that fun. That cast is so good, too. <laughs> yeah, man. they're really good together. You believe that those guys have hung out together for years, and, and, they're, and they're old buddies because and they definitely seen some shit. Yeah. And they've seen some shit. You know, that whole time, Fred Williamson keeps looking at the up over the thing, you yeah, know. At the knife. At the and knife, and he's just, you know, you're like... All I could think of, though, you know what that made me think of from Dust Till Dawn? Yeah. When he's talking about him and Sex Machine, and we slashing my way out, and one and kept coming at us. And oh, I'm yeah. like, so did they kind of, to me, I was like. Played is, on that character. Is that a little bit. bit of a weird nod to from Dust Till Dawn? Oh, I'm and sure that whole, it is. You know? I'm sure it is. Uh, but Stephen Lang, just, he's incredible he fucking in this. awesome in that. George Wentz, actually, really yeah. good in that. Yeah. And uh, uh, Stephen... Uh, oh yeah, the guy that's uh, the guy who plays the devil in Bill and Ted. Um, no, that's William. That's yeah. um, no, no. I'm thinking of the guy that was. Uh, good lord, the main bad guy, Cobra Kai instructor. Uh, oh yeah, Williams, William Sadler. Yeah, no, William Sadler's the other guy. Christ. Um, yeah, William Sadler's the Bill and Ted guy, right? Uh, what yeah, the, what the hell is his name? <laughs> Holy cow, why can't I remember his name? Martin Cove. Martin Cove. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty good as the... Uh, Carl Salesman. <laughs> yeah, he, he reminded me a lot of... Um, oh, Christ, I'm forgetting his name, but the guy from Die Hard. The, hey, Booby, can we make a deal here? He reminded me of that guy. Um, then last night, I watched the, uh, the original, not the new remake that's on HBO, The Witches. Nice. That's another good one to show a young kid. Yeah, which I was saying, we just recently <laughs> yeah. watched that one. Um, yeah, just really fun and clever. Angelica Houston's awesome in it. Mm. Um, you can tell it's a based on a Roald Dahl short story almost immediately, because it's, hey, mean to kids. <laughs> um, kids do not, they're not treated well in Roald Dahl stuff, usually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just highly enjoyable, fun, good good acting all the way around just complete manic energy uh great camera work especially when they're doing like a lot there's of some really badass in effects in there oh, yeah. too like we the, were saying before the mice yeah. puppets are great in yeah that. um and the makeup for angelica houston's face is awesome i kind of don't know if i really want to watch the new one because from what i've seen i eh, it, it looks, looks like very C- it looks very cg it's just yeah i like anne hathaway though so i'll probably still give it a go 
I'm sure it's not awful, but it's just like, man, I would see the effects. I was like, eh. <laughs> and then the last one, the one that I watched immediately before coming over here, uh, The Faculty. Uh, Robert Rodriguez's teenage high school ode to uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, great cast. I mean, uh, Clea Duvall, um, Josh Hartnett's pretty good in this. Um, Elijah Wood, um, Jordana Brewster, but it's it's the teachers that are all awesome because you've got Robert Patrick, you've got uh, Sama Hayek, you've got John Stewart, um, oh, I'm forgetting Piper Laurie. Dude, you know this is reminding me of was it uh, class in 1984? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have some of those energetic vibes. Definitely. I haven't seen either. Is, is class of 1984 the one I'm thinking of, where all the teachers are robots? Yeah. 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 Which I haven't seen that in forever. But... Me either. Although Screen Factory put out a great I just, I, I, never I remember up. the kid that looks like, he's not really a kid, he's probably like 30 in the movie, but yeah. he just perpetually looks like he's like 14, mm-hmm. isn't it? And that's the only thing I remember about yeah. that. And No. Uh, but the faculty holds up well. I love the fact that it's illegal drugs. That's what kills the aliens. Because <laughs> Josh Hartnett basically makes his little homemade caffeine pill junior meth mixture. And that's what he sells at high school. <laughs> and that's what ends up killing the aliens. The meth dealer becomes yeah. the hero. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the worst kid in class becomes a hero. Oh, yeah. Fonky Jansen's in it as one of the teachers. Um, just a good... Good all around, good cast, film. yeah, yeah. But that—that's where we leave off. I still, uh, what's on the docket for tomorrow? Um, tomorrow's Friday. Yeah. Um, shit, I don't know what I have on the list for tomorrow. I know I do want to watch the new um animated creep show film that just launched on, on Shutter. Yeah. And then I will on Saturday, the last day, Halloween. Uh, likely be watching Halloween Six. Because it's Halloween, and that's the only other Halloween film in the 90s that I haven't watched yet. So. Yeah. Um, and I'll watch the producer's cut, because I like that. But. Yeah, I've I've kind of been the last the last uh, few days. I'm just kind of going to watch whatever fuck I feel like yeah. at this point. I've definitely way over 30 movies at this point. So Yeah, I'm pretty much right at my... It's weird, because for the past few years, because I've tracked the amount I've watched the past few years... I've been at like 54, 56, 58, 54, um, and then this year I am currently at, please, I'm at 55 with two more films to go, so I'll be at 57 most likely. Yeah, so it's just about two a day, about yeah. the average. See, I, again, I would probably have a little bit higher of a total, but there's been, there's, it, it's like I watch a bunch, but I've had a few days here and there where I haven't had time to watch anything. Yeah. So I haven't. I was like, I I should feel like I should be about five, four or five movies ahead of where I am, but I've still watched a shitload of movies this yeah, month. My pace has significantly slowed this week. I've pretty much been one a day this past week because I've been built prepping, prepping the house for Halloween and Dan's Halloween decorations look <laughs> fucking awesome. There's by still the way, more, there's still more to come, and it's um, it's it's loaded. I saw the pictures today; and they looked pretty badass. Yeah, so. I'm very happy with how my Michael Myers looks in that window. 
Um, oh, it looks creepy. That's good placement because yeah. the way the curtain sits and the light hits it, it's great. Yeah. Um, it, it freaked out one of my dog walker knocking neighbors the other day. I was outside with my dog on the lawn and she was walking by with her dog and she looked up and she's like, oh my God. And I'm just like, it's decoration. She's like, I, I know, but it still scared me. Dad's house is going to be like that house every year that oh, the kids are all going to want to flock to. It's funny too, because my neighbor, who's a pastor, um, he was just like, you know, you don't, you're not going to get many trick or treaters, right? I'm like, this is for me, man. This isn't for trick or treaters. This is for me. Yeah, but you know, if you keep doing that and you get a reputation for that, you will draw people in. I hope so. You guys can become the Maple Street of Bangor or whatever that I know. street it's is. It's sad that Maple Street isn't doing anything this year. Yeah. Um, I totally get it because, man, that street cranks on Halloween. Um, I know that's. Those you don't know, Maple Street and Bangor. It's there's a house that goes fucking all out and does some amazing shit. My buddy Jason lived on Maple Street, and I mean they used to they like keep running tallies of how many kids they, they get. Essentially, shut down the street. Oh yeah, it's and it's and it's bonkers. Like yeah. every house on the street just is like really into it. And yeah, I, I drove down it two days ago, and it looked very normal. And like, like people go out of their way to go to Maple Street. Oh yeah, you okay. know. So oh, Dan yeah. could be, do you live on a tree street? I mean, you don't have to give me your address, but I'm no, just saying. No, I don't. I live on Mayo Street, which is not a tree street. But. No. <laughs> but I was going to say, man, you could start the new tradition and, and that can become like the Maple Street of your area. Yes. Yeah, because no one else on my street really. The guy across from me has a couple pumpkins on his stoop. And yeah. that's about it for my whole street. I've never decorated much here because I'm just figuring all my shit will get stolen where I live right on the main drag. Yeah. 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 Kids <laughs> in this area. Fuck yeah. Whereas I live, I live on an old old person street, so. Margaret might steal something she thinks cool, but she's out there trying to clean your cobwebs off your, uh, you know. <laughs> I know. I wanted to put those cobwebs up so much sooner, but it's been so windy and rainy. I'm like, I can't put them up yet. <laughs> I I keep thinking like eventually once my my enclosed porch is cleaned off a little more, mm-hmm. and I keep saying that every time I clean it off, more crap ends up on there because I just don't have a lot of room. But um, I keep thinking I'd like I'm gonna decorate that up at some point and like put a bunch of cool shit out there and kind of. My goal for next year, I want to find <laughs> a bunch of like old barn boards, and I want to essentially build a fake a fake facade. For the front of the house, that makes it look like a cabin in the woods type of place. Oh yeah, yeah. for the for the front porch area, just board it, like make it have have it be pre built walls that can just basically lean up against that and make it look like an old style cabin in the woods. So okay, that my, so that my male woman will hate me even more. <laughs> so my challenge to Dan for next year is is to recreate the original house from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And and get a bunch of your friends to play, uh, you know, some the, the hitchhiker and Leatherface and <laughs> all them, and come over. So when the kids come up, you know, yeah. I, I I can definitely uh, <laughs> I got to get a Leatherface mask this year. So I always I always I always try to get a mask. I'm about the right build, you know. I try so to always <laughs> get one at uh, Spirit the Spirit stores the day after Halloween when they're like fifty percent off. Yeah, yeah, and then Texas Chainsaw masks are always gone at that point. But that's where I got my great Michael Myers mask. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I would love to have uh, 
a chainsaw wielding Leatherface around the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you could go with a theme every year. This year, it's this. It's the house from Night of the Living Dead. That's kind of what I want to do. That would be this be year. I kind of hodgepodged everything because it's last minute. I'm like, well, fuck, I'm just having fun. I just say you haven't really been in the house that long. Right? Only since March. So. Uh, yeah. So yeah. so th- this this will be the year where I start to build up things. Like I um, you know, I was like, okay, I hit the dollar store and bought a bunch of dollar skulls. That over the course of oh, the, the year, do- I, I bought will paint and make them look better. <laughs> I bought stuff for my band at the dollar store, like you know, just to have some random weird shit to throw mm-hmm. on our merch table and yeah. stuff like that. But like, yeah. I went up, I went to Family Dollar today, and I walked up with like fifteen dollar skulls. <laughs> the guy is looking at me like, and I'm like, dude, come on, it's Halloween. This isn't weird, <laughs> you know. Uh, probably well, yeah, I don't know. We Maybe. don't see too many people around here go really bonkers with it, uh, though. Not like, I, I will be that guy. Yeah. I will be that guy. Bring that it back, man! It's, it needs to. Halloween needs is to. so weird now to me, like compared to like when we were kids. I, not just because, but well, back in my day, everything was better. We walked uphill both ways. Yeah. It's it's not even that. It's just. Everybody used to get so into it, like the houses all got oh, decorated. I there was and, a house in Derby on one of the corners that used to do like a haunted house thing. I mean, people awesome. used to get like really, really into it. Yeah. Now you would like see half the houses, the lights are off. Or they have those stupid ass inflatable things. Like, oh, you've got a 15 foot inflatable cat with a pumpkin on your front lawn. Do you know how much cool shit you could have done for, like, that 80 bucks? <laughs> uh, probably more than that. I think those, some of those are probably... Yeah. yeah. I mean, yay for you for decorating <laughs> a little bit, but come on. Yeah. Do some cooler shit with that money. <laughs> oh, exactly. So, I, will loan, I, I, I will hire myself out in October next year. If you want cool shit done to your house, I will come and do it. Jan Fleming, Halloween decoration coordinator. Exactly. Yeah. Ah, there's your new side game. I would do that, man. Every you, day of the week. So hit, hit, hit Dan up. You need to book in advance so he can get all your yeah, shit figured out. In like J- July. Yeah, you start figuring your stuff out in advance, and he will help coordinate ahead of time. He will mm-hmm. come and give you a consultation about where placement of said items and what you can do with your allotted space. Mm-hmm. You know. Two fifty an hour is not bad, and I'm not talking two dollars and fifty cents. If you're gonna do Halloween, do it right, okay? Mm-hmm. See, he's well worth it. I highly recommend Dan as your Halloween um, spooktacular coordinator. With those old theater stagecraft classes that we use finally <laughs> took me twenty five years, but I'm putting them to use. Putting them to use. I yeah, I was gonna say I still don't think I have ever used uh, jump. Geometry and or algebra in real life, but yeah, that may be so. Um, yeah, so I've watched the last one we had talked about was 13 Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've watched it's been a couple weeks since the last time we recorded, so I've watched quite a few. I think I am up to 39, right? 39, I watched 39 last night, so I'm I'm getting I'm, I'm definitely on a that's better a, pace. That's a solid. You know, I am definitely on a better pace than last year. Last year, man, I struggled <laughs> to just get over 30 last year. Um, this year, it's been better. But like I said, I keep having like randomly weird days where I don't get to watch anything. And I, but I've kind of made up for some of that on other days where I like it's happened a couple times this year where I've watched four movies in one day. Dude, I don't ever do that. Usually two tops for me, but. It's been a couple times where I've actually really just loaded them up. And uh, 
So the first one I watched after 13 Ghosts was one I've been really curious about. I remember I had started it at one point in time uh, several years ago. And I just was not in the mood for that type of movie. So I turned it off and I've never gone back to it. And that is 2014's Blood Moon. Um, I'll give you a quick synopsis. Which one is Blood? Yeah, I'm like, which one is Blood Moon? <laughs> a stagecoach full of passengers and an enigmatic gunslinger are held hostage by two outlaws on the run from the law. But events that take an unexpected turn when the travelers are stalked by a mythical beast that only appears on the night of a blood red moon. Whoever wrote that synopsis is in a run on sentence, and I, uh, it's just hard to read. But yeah, so that's the basis. It's it's a horror western. Um, so horror western hybrids are a fickle subgenre to nail down. Um. Uh, I think anybody who has watched those will agree with me on that one. There's just, there's usually not much of a happy medium with those. They're either good or they're just awful. Um, the Burrowers is a good example of a good one. Bone Tomahawk is a good example of a good one. And that's about all I can think of off the top of my head that are straight up true westerns, even though you can kind of say John Carpenter's Vampires are, is kind of a western. It very yeah. much has a Western yeah, feel. To, feel. It very much has that feel to it. But I'm talking about films that are actually set in, like, the Old West. Um, this one wasn't too bad. It definitely delves more on the Western side of things. You got your classic outlaws on the run versus the law. And then the unsuspected folks caught in the crossfire. The twist being to this whole thing that they are under siege by lycanthropes, so they kind of have to join forces. Um, has its moments, but it never really quite found its footing. Like it just, it wasn't. To me, the good ones are 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 balanced, or they have that twist where it's essentially the first two thirds is a western, and the last third is a horror movie. You know, or this one, it kind of wobbles back and forth too much, and it just throws, not the pacing, but it kind of throws the, the whole atmosphere of the movie off because it's kind of too back and forth. Um, But overall, it was a pretty harmless watch. I give it a two and a half out of five stars. I don't think it's one I'm going to like ever rush back to watch again, but if it was on and I wasn't doing anything, I wouldn't shut it off. Um, after that was a movie from 2019 directed by Chelsea Stardust called uh, Satanic Panic. I enjoyed the shit out of that a, film. A pizza delivery girl is suddenly in for the fright of her young life when encountering a group of Satanists in need of a virgin to ritually sacrifice. Not the only movie with Jerry O'Connell in it that I watched <laughs> in the last few weeks. Awesome. Um, this is a bizarre film. While I'm not 100% sure I liked it, it at least held my interest throughout. It's honestly hard to explain why it felt bizarre. The pieces were all there about what it was. Uh, maybe it was the often oddly timed comedic aspects that made it feel that way for me. <laughs> they, they were jarring. They, they're just, they seemed really out of place at times. Um, 
which it, it's a black comedy, but I mean, still, it's just some of the timing just felt odd. Um, as I've often said before, like I said just about the horror west, is that comedy horror line often is a fickle line to walk. Um, the acting was solid. There were some pretty good gore. Um, my biggest complaint with it, though, was I, I think it felt like it tried to cram too much into the runtime. Like, yeah, I, I honestly feel this is one of those rare cases where they could have added about 15 minutes to this movie yeah. and, and it would have maybe yeah. even the pacing out a little bit better. Because I feel it, like we I feel like it jumped a little bit around a little bit too much without yeah. giving it time to breathe. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of that's. Uh... I can't remember if that's her debut film or not for Chelsea Stardust. Uh, but it's definitely a lower budget film. Um, and yeah, who knows if she could have afforded to do 15 more minutes of that film. Right. So I can I can see why it jams everything in. But yeah, the pacing is is tough in that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to add it to Love Rebecca remains in that. Oh, she's uh, great. She's, she's, awesome. such a, she's such a bitch in that. Yeah. It's great. Um. You know, this one's going down as one of those weird films that I'm going to be up in the air on. and But it's worth a watch just because it's odd. But I will add, this is one of those ones that I have been thinking about constantly since I watched it. So I have a feeling this one is one of those ones that I'm going to watch it again and like it way more the next time around. And it's going to go, I gave it a two and a half, two and a half out of five, which is kind of middle of the road just because... Of the you know the things I mentioned, like I said, but I really did. I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, what did I give it back in the day? I think I watched that one last year. Yeah, because it was a two two thousand nineteen. So, yeah. oh, I gave it a four. I, I would figure I gave it a three and a half, but I guess I really liked it. Yeah. And I definitely could understand people di- really digging it. It's just mm-hmm. it was one of those things for me. Like it just was. And this was one you had recommended to me, I think, or we had... Almost likely, yeah, last year. Um, the, oh, no, I'm talking about my next oh. film. Uh, and that is 2009's Jennifer's Body. Oh, yeah. Directed by Karen Kuzuma. Um, a newly possessed cheerleader turns into a killer who specializes in offering her male classmates. Can her best friend put an end to the horror? Um... Again, this is one I've heard a ton about. Never gotten around to checking out, which was what this whole 2000s horror thon for me was about, was checking out movies that I had missed. Mostly. I did want to throw some in that I had seen, but, you know, mostly it was those. Um, This is one of them ones that people seem to be really divided on. Either they seem to really, really like it, or just flat out hate it. Um... I'm definitely fell somewhere in the middle. Um, I thought it had its moments, but for me, it never really locked into that sweet spot consistently. I thought the acting was fairly so. I thought Megan Fox was actually really good in this. Yeah. Um, the story was interesting enough, and it was shot well. Mm-hmm. Um, it just felt to me like this was missing something, and I don't know what that something is, but it just felt like it was missing something. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe a little more gore, maybe a little less schlock, not really sure. Or maybe it was just the fact I didn't, it didn't feel as intense as I hoped it would. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but glad I checked it off the list. Yeah. Definitely one I will I will watch again. And I did watch the unrated version of this one, or the uh, director's cut, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it still reeks of studio interference. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm saying I think maybe that might have been some of the intensity mm-hmm. that I it just felt to me like it was lacking that it should have yeah. just been maybe a little more vicious, just a little more yeah, vicious. I, I doubt the studio would have let that be more vicious. <laughs> no, I mean it does have its moments where yeah. it's vicious, but I feel like it. Could have just taken that if it had gone up. Yeah. You know, I feel like it was on like a six as far as the vicious goes. That would have been ones that would have benefited from being on like an eight or a nine. I agree. <laughs> um I give that two and a half out of five. Again, I'm 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 developing a pattern of my writings of movies this in this section. So um the next one I watched after that, which I hadn't seen in a very long time and we had talked about was 2007's Wrong Turn to Dead End, directed by Joe Lynch. Mm-hmm. Retired military commander Colonel Dale Murphy, host, not the baseball player from the Atlanta Braves, um, <laughs> hosts a simulated post-apocalypse reality show where participants are challenged to survive a remote West Virginia wasteland. But the show turns into a nightmare showdown when each realizes they are being hunted by an inbred family of cannibals determined to make them all dinner. Um, like I said, I haven't watched this one in probably 10 years. Um, I remember it being on par with the original, maybe just a little bit better. Actually, I think it was funner, a lot funner than the original. Um, I really enjoy this one a lot. It goes for gory as hell adds a slightly different twist over the original. Also, Henry Rollins kicks ass in Mm -hmm. this. Uh, like any film of this type, it has its flaws, but if you watch enough of these, you either learn to live with them or don't. I'm on the side of dealing with them. As long as I'm entertained, that's all that matters. If you enjoy the first film, you would definitely enjoy that one. And one thing about this one is I thought the acting was actually pretty good all the way across the board on this one. There was nobody, I don't, other than the super slutty girl, I don't remember any of them being like, I thought the performances were all pretty good. Even she was pretty good for what it was, but it just wasn't, uh, you know, a standout type deal. Um, I give this one three out of five. Yeah. I so, agree with that. By far my favorite of the wrong turn series. I've never seen any of them past two. I know there's, there's like, not much I, I know to. there's about 10 of them now, but yeah. yeah. Um, this is one I watched on a whim. And that is from 2016's They're Watching, directed by Jay Lender and Micah Wright. An American TV crew gets trapped in a centuries-old web of revenge, horror, and blood. When their home improvement show is attacked by an angry Eastern European villager set out to kill the show's star. I've wanted to check this one out for a while. Um, I've heard mostly good things about it, and honestly, it's one of those ones I just kind of forgot about. And I was scrolling through, I don't even remember what I watched this on, uh, Amazon Prime, and it came across, I was like, shit, I'm watching this. Um, I thought it was really enjoyable. It took a little bit to really catch its flow, but once Mm -hmm. it did, I was pulled in. It's an interesting take on the paranormal Mm -hmm. subgenre. 
There isn't a lot to say about it other than that. It's uh, an episode of House Hunters gone really, really bad. Pretty much. Um, I thought the acting was solid and the story itself was interested. Mm-hmm. My only complaint was the characters felt a little too tropish mm-hmm. and too on the head at times. And the CGI was too carnish, cartoonish looking. Oh, yeah. But that ending is badass. And I would have loved to have seen that with practical, maybe a little bit more of a budget. Because yeah. it would have just been yeah. fucking yeah, crazy. The, the, yeah, the CG is weak at the end. But again, that film was made for, like, nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And I don't hold it against it. Yeah. But it was just, you know, it was one of those things. You see that scene, you're like, what if? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really cool and crazy. But what if? Oh. <laughs> um, I give this one three and a half out yeah. of five. Uh, up next, probably my favorite film of all the ones I've watched, rating-wise, since the last time we talked, and might be my might be my winner so far, is uh from two thousand and six, Alexander Aha's The Hills Have Eyes remake. Um, I'm not gonna read the synopsis because if you don't know what this movie is, then I'm sorry. Um, you need. Just go check it out. It's good. It's a good family flick. Um, <laughs> I was curious how this was going to hold you up. Talk, you, you talked that Jennifer's body needed to up the brutality. Oh, yeah. This film is brutal. This is that brutality. Yeah. Um, this is just as brutal and uncomfortable as I remember it being. I know it might be blasphemous, but I like this way more than the original. I honestly do, too. Um, awesome effects. Tense, great performances, and well shot. It's gory and does not let up once it gets rolling. I was never bored at all throughout the entire film. Not one I'm going to throw on very often, but <laughs> no. definitely a good one to throw on when the mood strikes. You're not going to feel good about yourself afterwards. No, but... and this kind of set me on a path. Of, like, I watched Wrong Turn 2, and then I was like, you know what? Today's going to be just gory ass slasher movies. Um, so I followed that up with 2017's Victor Crowley, directed by Adam Green. Ten years after the events of the original movie, Victor Crowley is mistakenly resurrected and proceeds to kill once more. <laughs> um, the fourth installment in the Hatchet franchise. If you're a fan of the franchise, it's a worthy entry. You pretty much know what to expect. Yep. Lots of gore and lots of oddball comedy. Yep. And that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Yeah, it, just, it knows what it is, and it goes with it. It does not try to be anything other than what it is, and yes. that's why it works. I give that three out of five stars. Um, The next one is a film from 2020, and that is Tremors Shrieker Island. <laughs> <laughs> Those films are never going to die. No, no, no. This is supposedly the last one, though. They, they, they're talking... I read a thing with Michael Gross, and he was saying that they're it like it's be the last one he's in. Well, they were the studio was saying this is it's time for this franchise just to it's run its course. Yeah, yeah, I'll believe. I'll believe it when I see I'll it. Believe that too. Yeah. Somebody else will pick up the rights, and we'll have you know it will be like the Children of the Corn movies. They'll just which a new one is coming out. Of they'll just the keep yeah. they'll just keep making a new one every so many years, so they don't lose the rights. Yeah. Uh, if you've seen any of the Tremors movies, you pretty much know what to expect at this point. Um, still, that doesn't stop me from getting excited every time a new one comes out. Outside of the first two films, they are pretty much just dumb, cheesy fun. 
I I will give this late, latest installment props for trying. It was hands down the best cinematography and score the series has had since the first two films. Wow, there you go. It actually feels like a movie and not a direct to video. Mm-hmm. It's it looks like it shot on film. Yeah, you know it's. Um, it actually feels, I, as I wrote, it says it actually feels cinematic more so than a sci-fi channel original movie. It also seemed a bit more self-aware than the rest of the films. Um, there's also a handful of good performances, particularly Jackie Cruz and Richard Brake. Um, <laughs> Richard Brake's in it? Yes. Really? Yep. Oh. Um, and it, it really doesn't bring much new to the table. In fact, it blatantly rips off, acknowledges the Predator films in a few places. It's fine for what it is. If you like the other films, you'll enjoy this. Maybe even a little more so. Who knows? For me, it was a painless enough watch. But not anything that I am going to retain in the memory banks for any amount of time. Oh, dude, just going to interrupt this for a brief second I just got an alert. Uh, the Halloween Kills trailer is out. Oh. <laughs> as soon as we're done with this, we will have to watch that. Um, I gave it two and a half. As as my two and a half theme continues, I gave it two and a half out of five. And by the way, Napoleon Dynamite, uh, John uh, John Hatter. Is that his name? Yeah. Is, Hater, I don't know. He's he's in this, and oh, he, no he's, he's actually not too bad. Um, it's good that he's got something going going after the Napoleon Dynamites. I the only thing I remember ever seeing him in since Napoleon Dynamite was uh, Blaze of Glory or whatever it was with Will Ferrell, where they play the ice skaters that have to do the the pairs ice skating because they've both been banned from singles action or what I can't remember the name of that movie. Is it Blaze of Glory or Blades of Glory, Blades. <laughs> something like that? Um. So the next film I watched was 2002's Resident Evil, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Not to be confused with Paul Anderson. Um, I don't think anybody, well, name-wise, yes, but very two very different filmmakers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not going to read the synopsis. For what this is, still holds up pretty good. Far from perfect, perfect, perfect it's harmless and enjoyable enough. Pretty much the way I feel about the franchise of films as a whole. They're the type of film you throw on when you want to shut your brain down for a few hours and not to think, you know, not think too much. I give that one three out of three out of five, and that is hands down the best film of the series. Um, up next was another movie from 2020. There's a lot more movies from 2020 than I realized. There, yeah, I actually did a list of, I went through a bunch of sites yesterday to see what, like, the best horror films of 2020 are. So far. There's a solid 50 films that came out this year. And I, I, you know, this year, just because of everything that's been going on, I just feel like there's nothing has come out. Yeah. This, all this stuff apparently came out really early on, mm-hmm. like, and, uh, but this one is 2020's Hunter's Moon, directed by Michael Casey. I've not seen that. A trio of young sisters are attacked by local thugs. Then a force inhabiting the orchard extracts its revenge. Were they playing softball? <laughs> <laughs> um, Hunter's Moon. Hunter's Moon. Uh, Thomas Jan's in it. Um, Jay Moore. Jay Moore, yeah. 
<laughs> I didn't recognize any of the young ladies um, or who they were, you know, as far as like actresses that I would know. But um, central casting young, cute blonde girls. Yeah. One, this one I knew absolutely nothing about other than it was a werewolf movie, which is why I bought it from Redbox for three dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, this was one of those middle of the road movies for me. The acting was good enough. The film looked good and the score was was good. Um, my biggest issue with this one was the flow of the story. Too much of it kind of meh, to be honest. Jesus, Thomas Jane's in that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's like one of the main guys. Um, well, not flat out awful. It's It felt like they tried to cram. Again, they tried to cram too much into the allotted time. Um, never really had that time to breathe. Also, you never really have any motivations to like any of the characters because you don't get any of that time to kind of, you know, (laughs) um, get to know them. I appreciate that they tried to do something a bit different here, but early on I started to figure out where it was going. Well, I didn't quite nail it on the head. I was pretty damn close. (laughs) I will say the twist is really cool, though. Um, Check that out. I gave it two, two out of five. But it's definitely worth checking out if you like werewolf movies. Because it is different. Um, Up next, from 2018, Survival of the Film Freaks. Uh, It's a documentary exploring the phenomena of cult film in America and how it survives in the 21st century. Through interviews and fan events, the documentary will trace decades of film fanaticism up to the present, where the digital age has transformed the way we experience movies. Um, This was a really interesting look into cult cinema, how it has become a cultural staple, and why and what makes some of these films endure. As a fan and someone who grew up on these films and spent countless hours at the video store searching for films this really nailed it on the head it also explores there's a whole section about hbo damn so you will (laughs) definitely appreciate that awesome um one thing that i really enjoyed was the fact it explored the changing landscape through the decades and how these films have endured if you're a lover of these types of films it's well worth a watch um i give it four out of five um one thing that makes us different than a lot of films, it really doesn't focus so much on the films is the impact they had on the people that watch them. You know, they do mention the films, obviously, but it's it's definitely more of a how did this affect you and how, you know, uh, these are the type of films, you know, they were talking about, um, oh, the guy that made like the, um, uh, the, Man, he made all like the cheesy sexploitation action films in the 80s, and all of his movies are on Amazon Prime right now to watch. They're, you know, it's like Vice Squad and <laughs> Guns, and, you know, there's always a buxom blonde in Hawaii type movie. Um, you know, they talk about him and how some of these kids growing up, they never watched a lot of like big budget movies. It was stuff like this, which was a lot of what I we watched growing up, you know. Um, so I really enjoyed that one. Uh, up next from 2018, Hellfest, directed by Gregory Plotkin. 
On Halloween night at a horror theme park, a costume killer begins slaying innocent patrons who believe that it's all part of the festivities. I was kind of on the fence about this one, but actually really ended up enjoying it. Um, get me guessing the whole time? I guess wrong. Was fairly <laughs> suspenseful, and it had some good jump scares. The effects were decent, score was awesome, acting wasn't bad, and the film looked good. Not bad at all for a modern slasher. Um, it's pretty, it, it pretty much is what you expect as far as, you know, the whole basic plot of it. Um, but where it goes is, is what kind of separates it a little bit. Um, I give it three and a half out of five stars. Uh, we followed that up with 1985's The Stuff. <laughs> um, can't go wrong with that one. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what the stuff is about, it's uh, amalgamated di- dairies have David Rutherford, an FBI man turned industrial saboteur, to inv- investigate a popular new product called the stuff, which is never enough, uh, a new dessert product that is blowing ice cream sales out of the water. Nobody knows how it's made or what's in it, but people are lining up to buy it. It's got a delicious flavor to die for. Um, super cheesy, but awesome. Uh, I haven't watched this one for a while. Still fun. The Arrow Blu-ray looks awesome, and I can't wait to dive into the extras. (laughs) I give it three out of five. Just out of pure entertainment cheese awesomeness. Uh, my second Jerry O'Connell movie of this horizon. Wonderful. Uh, 2008's Deep Murder, directed by Nick Cororosi. <laughs> I have never heard of Deep Murder. In porn, everyone can hear you scream. Set in an alternate reality in which everyone is a cliche from a tacky porn film, a group of increasingly self-aware stock characters are up against a mysterious killer, offing them one by one. Available on Prime. Yes, it's also on Shudder. This was okay. Oh, it's got Christopher McDonald, too. Oh, the cast is great, but it's just, yeah. Uh... This was okay. If you grew up in the 80s and 90s, you'll more than likely get what they are making fun of. If you ever had Cinemax as a kid, you know what they're making fun of. Um, it has a few funny moments, but the shtick gets old rather fast. Unfortunately, that's really all I had going for it. Um, I give it two. It's a great concept, not the best execution. Execution, yeah. I give it two out of uh, five stars so i mean it's not flat out awful but it's it's a one and done like i said it's it's entertaining enough um no nudity in it whatsoever which, which is was, weird which is what, what is well okay there's a penis in it there's no female nudity in it um after that this one is an oddity that I have just been dying to watch, and it was for rent on Amazon Prime for $3. So instead of spending $30 on the Blu-ray site unseen, I watched 1995's Cruel Jaws, a.k.a. Jaws 5, but not really. Yeah, I saw that the other day, and I was like, <laughs> it looks interesting, but yeah, I was like, I'm not dropping that much money on this but, film. No. That, that was an arrow. Is that an arrow release? Uh, Severin, I Severin, think. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
or vinegar syndrome, severin or vinegar it's syndrome. A, yeah, it's one of the higher end ones. But you're going to pay thirty dollars for it if you order yeah. it. Um, I was looking for something else on Amazon Prime, and that popped up. Movies you also may. I'm, I'm like, this is going to be one of ones. It's going to be like ten dollars to rent it, and I'm not spending ten dollars to rent this. Yeah. Um. Because I kind of figured what I was getting into, especially knowing the director. I, I hate paying more than three bucks to rent. Anything. And it was it, the, it was three dollars yeah. to rent it. So I was like, you know what? I really want to watch this. It's three bucks. I'm gonna watch this. Um, this is directed by Bruno Matai. If people are familiar with Bruno Matai, he basically rips off. I mean, he doesn't just like. Oh, that's kind of like that movie. Is no, he just blatantly ripped shit off. Is he also the one that did Beyond the Door? He is the one that did Shocking Dark. Okay, which I have never seen, but I have heard enough about it to know it's basically just a rip off of uh, Terminator and Predator. Um, so this is one of those films I have heard a lot about recently. Mostly that it's one of those bad good films. And let me tell you, this is so gloriously awful that it transcends being bad. It goes into that entertaining level of bad that so few films ever get to. House of the Dead comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it blatantly rips off and borrows heavily from other films. The acting is downright awful. The dubbing is off and the effects are cheap. Much like a car crash, you can't look away. Cruel Jaws is one of those weird anomalies of cinema. These types of films can't be pulled off intentionally. They sort of just happen through misguided happenstance. If you're a fan of low-budget Italian genre cinema, this is one you need to check out ASAP. I give it a 1 out of 5 stars, but I give it a 5 out of 5 stars in Fun Factor. (laughs) Yeah, I love the title. Just look, scrolling through some of the titles of his films. It's they're so ridiculous. The titles on these things. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, stuff like "In the Land of the Cannibals," "Mondo Cannibal," uh, "Legitimate Vendetta." Um, almost all of his films from Night what I Killer. Almost all of his films are Robo also Robo War Cop Game. <laughs> Almost all of his films, he directed under a pseudonym, too. Oh, yeah. like, like Clive Anderson and William something or other. And Oh, he actually did Zombie 3. <laughs> yep. I think that's his, like, big... Well, he was one of the other ones with Fulci. Yeah. Um, yeah right, because Fulci didn't die during that, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, up next after that was one I saw in the theater originally... And that is 2019 Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Mm-hmm. Um, Mill Valley, Pennsylvania, Halloween night, 1968. After playing a joke on a school bully, Sarah and her friends decide to sneak into a supposedly haunted house that once belonged to the powerful Bellows family, unleashing dark forces that they will be unable to control. Uh, this is based on the popular young adult books. Mm-hmm. Um, which I never read because it was kind of after my time, but, um, I, the only time I've seen this was in the theater. I liked it, but wasn't wowed by it. Um, maybe I expected too much out of it. Well, I mean, based on, I mean, it's 
produced uh, by Guillermo del Toro. And I think right? it's directed by Andre Overdahl. Yes, and yes. So it's it's got great pedigree, but it just to me it couldn't it didn't find that good balance. Where it's kind of a kids movie, kind of not. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it it was uh, you know. I di- I definitely liked it better this time around than the first time I watched it. Um, there are a few generally creepy moments in this, you know, film. Um, and the film itself looks fantastic, but like you said, it never really found... It couldn't decide whether it wanted to be a kid's movie or just a straight-up, like, gory-ass mm-hmm. monster movie. And I feel like it does kind of hold it back a little bit. Um but I do feel like this would be an excellent film for those younger folks just getting into horror, as it never really goes too overboard with the violence and gore. Don't get me wrong, there is some violence and gore in here, but it doesn't quite cross that line too much. Yeah. Um, I give it three and a half out of five. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty much what it was for me, too. Um, in the last one I watched last night... Uh, is from 2019, directed by Drew and Brett Pierce, The Wretched. I, that was on my list of stuff I was going to try to get to. A rebellious teenage boy struggling with his parents' imminent divorce encounters a terrifying evil after his next-door neighbor becomes possessed by an ancient witch that feasts on children. It's a very happy movie. <laughs> um, this one I didn't know a lot about, other than it was directed by the Pierce Brothers who did the film Deadheads, which I just watched this past spring, I think it was. Um, this wasn't too bad. I'll admit, paranormal stuff isn't generally my favorite subgenre of horror film. <laughs> um, I thought it was solidly made, the acting wasn't bad, and the effects were very well done. Story-wise, it wasn't bad, but it didn't really grab me, which is a key when it comes to these types of films. I think for fans of paranormal horror, they'll really, really dig it um, more than I did. Mm-hmm. I gave it a two and a half out of five stars. and But like I said, not a bad movie at all. It just, I feel like for me... <laughs> And I get it because it's, I think it's the same way a lot of people feel when they watch like slasher movies. Mm -hmm. I've seen it before, kind of, you know, it's kind of been done at this point. There's not a lot left, you know, unless you do something like The Witch, it's, you know what I mean? It just feels like it's kind of been done. And not that it's bad, but it just to me just didn't really bring anything new to the table. But it, like I said, it's, it's got some cool moments, and it's it's gore, pretty gory. Um, yeah. So if you like paranormal films, I would definitely check it out. Uh, I'm still not 100% sure what I'm wa- going to watch the next few days. Um, my Diabolic DVD order should be in tomorrow. And that could make a difference. If it does, I'm going to be watching Dead End Drive-In and... Nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, what the hell was the other one, the other one that I ordered? Uh Chill factor. Yes. <laughs> um, I did order some more from that, but the I those orders haven't shipped yet because I ordered them like a week after. Um, so yeah, so I've got those coming in. If those come in, that's probably definitely going to happen tomorrow night. Um, like I said, I I've definitely hit over thirty movies from the two thousands. So 
I may still watch some more movies from the 2000s, not mm. say I'm not going to, but at the same time, I I kind of, I just want to watch some, what I want to watch now. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to kind of kind of wrap it up. So this this is going to be our last episode of the Horathon. I don't think we're going to bother. Maybe next time Dan's on, we'll kind of give you a little bit of a mm. end cap, because yeah. we ain't going to have a ton to talk about, because there's only a couple more days. <laughs> um. So we'll probably give you a little end cap on what's what we finished up with um, the next time Dan is on, and we him and I have to talk and figure out figure out what we're gonna do for December. Oh, it's holidays, man! Let's do some holiday. We, we, we can do some holiday horror. Let's do some holiday horror. I wanna I wanna revisit a few movies that I haven't seen. I want like um, Krampus and <laughs> I love Krampus. Rare rare export so rare exports. Oh, I want to watch again because that movie is fucking awesome. Yeah. Um course black christmas you know we can it doesn't even have to specifically be whole versions of black christmas i haven't seen the new one yet i, I enjoy the new one really okay okay i'm just that one i've just been like yeah. <laughs> um doesn't have to be a horror we'll probably throw in a bunch of other stuff too but i uh <clears throat> i <laughs> i'm a sucker for those holiday staples like national lampoon's christmas mm-hmm. vacation a Christmas story, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, this year, I kind of keeping in my theme of just watching a lot of new shit this year. I kind of want to watch some ones I've never seen this year. Would be kind of cool. Yeah. So I need to try to dig some stuff up that I haven't seen. I mean, I'm not going Hallmark Channel or anything, but I do want to watch because there's a lot more holiday horror out there mm-hmm. than. Uh, not holiday horror, just holiday movies in general that I have never seen. Um, so I kind of want to do that this year, this year. So we can, we can always do that and just, we'll talk about whatever else too, you know? Um, this month's always especially horror movie centric just because it's Mm. that time of year. I'm horror movie centric pretty much all year round. Uh, just not as much as I am in October. Yeah. I do taper it off because I do like other things. So. Yeah, yeah, according to my um, my letterbox, I've watched like 105 horror films this year so far. I haven't with, upgraded. With the majority of them during October. Now, right? see, that's only a feature you get with the Pro Edition, I believe. Yes. Which I don't have. I'm pretty sure I paid for the Pro just for features like that. Which I have thought about buying the Pro for, for just that reason because, you know, less... And knowing what you've had, you know, that's kind of, I always, I always like the breakdown, the analytics of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. I've watched 104 horror films so far this year. Nice. 55 of them being this month. So. You know, my, it's my, like I avoided the rest of the year. My horror movie viewing probably the rest of the year is probably about 40, 60. Yeah. I, I, I really like sci-fi and Action. Ooh, that's, that's the other thing we can talk about too. It'll be in December. We can talk about like our best of the year so far. Yeah, yeah. And like we were just saying, there's a lot more movies that have actually come out this mm-hmm. year than yeah. I realize. I haven't seen a lot of them, um, but there are getting flicks put out right now. So mm-hmm. by then, I'm hoping to have seen some of those. Um, and we'll get those, and we'll have we'll have a bunch of stuff to talk about anyway. Um, I'm still figuring November out. Um, I have to get a hold of my guest that I was going to have on, and I believe Eric should be on this month. Um, I know things have I hopefully calming down a little bit with him, 
<clears throat> but um, hopefully Eric will finally get to start. We'll get to start doing the every other month thing with Eric. Um, I'm also probably going to throw in a music episode <laughs> where I ain't going to do a whole lot of talking, but I want to play <clears throat> um, music from all the bands that I've been playing on the show since mm-hmm. I restarted it. And uh, maybe also a few other, you know, songs from different bands that I like because um, as shitty as this year has been for live music, you know, uh, on all levels, Mm -hmm. but from the main standpoint, almost all the bands I'm friends with have used this downtime to go into the studio, record, put new albums out. So we have just been getting like inundated with all kinds of awesome new music from bands that you know my band plays with and just people i know and so i kind of want to take some time to because this year sucks so ungodly bad you know for live entertainment um play all those bands and give you links to go check them out maybe get you know go visit those guys buy an album something mm-hmm. it's just my little way to give back to my buddies and everybody you know and and uh Maybe you'll find some bands that you really dig. And so I'm probably going to do that at some point um, in November. That's just going to be like a bonus episode that I will put together. I may not even get it out in November, maybe early December, but it will be out before the end of the year. Um, You know, I'm just going to do that on my time off. And yeah. So make sure you go listen to the Potato League podcast and go subscribe and like and do all that good stuff with them. Um... I was going to mention something else, and I am just having an ungodly bad brain cramp. <laughs> Go vote Tuesday. See, yes, it's coming already. Tuesday. If you haven't done already, I've already, I've already done my duty. Yeah, and if any of you out there are like inventors, uh, anyone who can invent a an app or something, so that when you vote, you get a barcode that you can input into your fucking TV, so it'll stop playing political ads, will be a hero. Yeah. Because um, I'm so sick of political ads, and I'm like, I voted last week, man. Oh, None of this is going to affect me. Every time you even mention voting online on anything, mm-hmm. it immediately ads for voting pop up. Even if you're like, hey, I just voted. Have you registered oh, yeah. to vote yet? We just Dude. mentioned it in front of my phone, so I'll get inundated with ads any minute now on this. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, also, I throw it out there from now on. Just let me throw, let me throw this one thing out here, and I maybe it's already been tried to be done. So this is what I propose: from now on, whenever I don't care what political party it is, you have to donate to charity two percent of whatever your budget is that you spend on fucking advertising. Yeah, that would be because amazing. it's fucking ridiculous, and nobody needs. I literally mm. took out ten fucking things out of my mailbox today when i get home i had one actual piece of mail for me in like 10 oh yeah i have had and again your politics are your own whatever i am a democrat i have been a lifelong democrat i am a bleeding heart lefty liberal um every day for like the past month there have been at least three or four big ass color cardstock things in there for the republican party and it's just like why are you sending me these? You have access to voter registration information, I'm sure. 
I have never voted Republican <laughs> in anything. I mean, I can kind of understand. Maybe they're trying to. Maybe they think that little cardboard thing attacking the you know your party is going to sway you. But yeah, it, 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 but again, it's just like. So, and I'm sure Democrats do the same thing in Republican mailboxes. See, I, I stop it, dude. I get both, and I'm I'm not either. I'm a I'm a I'm a registered independent. Yeah, I'm a very I'm very centrist when it comes to everything. Um, which is why you got ten cards. Which is exactly why I got ten cards. But yeah, I think that's a great idea. Two percent of everybody, yep. everybody, when you campaign to be a political figure, two yep. percent of your advertising budget. Goes to charity. Yep. Guess what? We just funded everything. Yeah. Basically, yeah. because these guys spend such millions, guys, millions, millions. millions yeah. uh, and we're talking hundreds of millions in some cases. Yeah. So you take 2% of a hundred million. That's $2 million. All right. We just fed the entire main food bank system for the next two years. Yep. You know? Um, so. Oh, yeah. That's just an idea. Well, when I was at Shaw House, our operating budget was a million and a half a year. There you go. You could have funded. You, you could have funded a youth shelter for an entire year on that two percent of for. And that's just one 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 race. kid, one yeah. one person. Yeah. So that's all I'm saying. I think it's a great idea. I agree, I agree with you. 100%. And I'm talking everybody. I don't care if you're if you're Jim Smith that's running as a Green Party candidate. Um, you know, Green Party candidates should definitely not be putting all these things in my fucking mailbox. No, because it, <laughs> unless it's made on recycled paper, um, even, then. <laughs> even then it's uh, the waste of ink is asinine. Um, but, you know, hey, we'll even let you pick your charities of choice. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be. But, you know, um, that's just the thought I had. And I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, you know how much good we could do by something that. Like, you know, I don't usually talk politic type shit on the show, but I think this is just a good point to bring it up. I don't know anybody right now that is not fucking sick and tired of listening to political. I mean, mm -hmm. we are like, it always felt like we'd get some sort of a reprieve from it before. And now it's just like 24 seven. I am avoiding social media. I am. It's not even social media. You watch an eight minute video on YouTube. I can't watch anything on YouTube. I watch, I've been watching Adam Green's scary sleepover. It's a literal 15 minute show. There's usually at least four ads on during that 15 minute show. And they're all political ads. Mm -hmm. And they're definitely geared towards your area that wherever you are, because I'm so sick of Sarah Gideon and Susan Collins. Um, and those are about the only two you ever hear about. Once in a blue moon, you get a Jared Golden ad, but that's very rarely. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Other than that, go vote. Be cool. Be kind to each other, and I will see you, sexy animals, on the flip side. Woo.